Kosai. Um, and it starts off uh, with some very uh, strong blessings if we follow the Torah. And then it goes to the other side if we don't follow all the uh, various different punishment curses that follow. But we'll concentrate on the beginning of the parsha about the blessings. And, you know, basically we'll discuss today a little bit from the Rebbe Sicha in volume 37, Parsha Bechukosa, uh, we'll discuss a little bit this whole concept of doing mitzvahs because we're getting rewarded. And most of the rewards here are very, very physical rewards. Also, we'll discuss a little bit about, we talk about when Mashiach will come, and, you know, we keep on talking about uh, all the plentiful... Um, uh, abundance of the delicacies and everything will be available and um, seems like an overemphasis on physical enjoyment and pleasure where one would think that, you know, first of all we should serve God because not to receive any reward altogether, but if any reward we should uh, have more probably a uh, spiritual reward, something a learning reward, something more meaningful rather than just a very physical. The Rebbe's point is going to be that the true uh, blessings of Torah can be can be experienced when it actually comes down to the physical, when it doesn't just remain in the spiritual. The Rebbe's point is going to be that the real uh, energy that Torah provides a Jew, a person that connects with the Torah, is, is something that if you would only experience spiritual reward, then maybe, you know, but if you experience even a physical reward, that means that that has penetrated every part of your being, as the Rebbe will explain. But first, uh, the Rebbe quotes here, uh, the, the verse says, You're going to keep, you're going to go my statues, and you're going to keep my mitzvahs, and then the Pesach says, The earth will give its produce. The produce. So the, the word, the earth, we're going to be the produce. Now, the Torah's Kohanim, that's the Kam, that's the Midrash on the Chumash, on this Pesach. So he had the Torah's Kohanim, that's like the Mishnah, the Brisa. That's like the, from the Tanoim. Uh, that's the commentary on the Pesach. That's where Rashi, most of the time, gets his commentary. Some of his commentaries, Rashi comes from the Torah's Kohanim. So the Rebbe quotes here the Torah's Kohanim that uh, when we say, if you follow my statute, it'll give its produce. What do I mean by giving its produce? He, he articulates what Hashem means when he says the land will give its produce. It's not like the produce that we experience today. But it's going to produce like in the days of Adam Harishim, like the first man. What happened over there? And um, and, um, and and that's not only that's going to take place really fully. Uh, it's going to take place in the future, um, and uh, that um, it'll make fruit in one day. In other words, you plant it. And that same day, the, the, you plant the tree and the tree will grow on the same day. You plant the kernel, will grow on the same day. And in the future, we say like, he'll make a remembrance to his miracles, so which means that the future will 
also have, just like on Admiration, things worked. What happened to Admiration? So over there we see the Pasik says, let the earth when Hashem created. He said, let the earth make a blanket of grass, green. So that means that immediately it was sown and green instantly. Same thing is when it says the tree of the field should give its fruit. Not like we have to wait today for the fruit, but it would be when the Pasuk says over here as a blessing, it will be like the, that in the day that you planted it, that same day you did, it will have the fruit. But you can't eat it because the plate is part of Well, that's, that's another issue, but these, if it grows in one day, you have to wait then you can wait three days to uh, have the three years. That's another issue. Good, but good point. Yeah. And it should uh, be the year. Then the seventh day will be Shemitah, you think? If a year is a day? But whatever, okay, those are all the other issues. This is quoting the Torah's God. We, we just listen, we listen yeah. to you. Good, no, great, no. So he says, good. So he says, how do we know a new thing? Today we only eat the fruit from the tree, but we don't eat the tree. But in those days they'll eat the tree as well. Why? Because also in the beginning of the Pasuk it says, Hashem said, First he said, let there be a tree that produces fruit. Then it says, eight's free. So we know already a fruit tree, so what does it mean, eight's free? Oh, we need that the eight is the free, that the tree itself is the fruit. So you're going to eat the tree. So, therefore, uh, what we say, these are all miraculous things. Not only that, today we have fruit-bearing trees, and we have not fruit-bearing trees, but... Uh, in the future, all uh, Ilon Israq, meaning not fruit, not fruit bearing trees, they will all bear fruit. It's a Sodhita period, basically. So, basically, this Torah's Kohanim tells us about the, all the wonderful things that will be in the future. You know, when Mashiach will come, the, the way everything will be there. Yeah. When Mashiach comes, will this apply just to the land of Israel or to the earth? Well, that's a good question. In, 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 the, in the days of Mashiach, generally there's, there's a whole debate about this, but in the days of Mashiach, it's also divided into two periods. In the first period, it says that uh, things will be basically normal, which means what we experience now is not going to be nothing miraculous. And at that point, you know, Israel will be uh, Israel, and most of these, uh, the Jewish people will be in gather to Israel, and most of these things will take place in Israel. But eventually, in the second period, it says Israel will expand to all the lands, and that's going to be a second phase later on, and then a lot of miracles will be, uh, will, will take place with them. Yes. So, there is, uh, I mean, these these things in of itself are are wondrous. I mean, but they're not, you know, they're they're just they're within nature. But the, nature is going to work much quicker. I mean, it's not saying it's not going to fall down the mina from the heaven. It's still going to be in the tree. But the trees are going to work. Everything is going to work quicker. We'll see a little bit later in the end. The Rebbe explains a little in the uh, inner meaning why things will go quicker. You know, today. Uh, it takes time for the blessing of Hashem 
because the physical isn't as connected with the spiritual. So, uh, therefore, Hashem's blessing to make the apple tree grow apples, it takes a little time. When Mashiach will come over there, the spirituality will be on a much higher level, the physical thing. And therefore, it doesn't take up any time. And then we'll see that it's the Rebbe uh, says later on. But the question the Rebbe asks is, we find in a lot of places uh, great miracles that will take place. Uh, with As far as the physical matters, there's another, uh, Gomorrah says uh, that uh, Exubus, that uh, the, uh, the earth is going to give out uh, nice pieces of pastry and uh, and silk garments are going to come straight. You're not going to have to uh, produce it. It's just going to grow from the ground. Or it says that the wheat is going to grow as tall as a palm tree. It's going to plant one wheat and uh, it's going to go on top of mountains. Uh, it says that it's going to be like the wheat is going to be like uh, two... Uh, kidneys of a big ox, but it just gives various different, these are all expressions that point to the um, to the physical abundance, and the question is what's going to, what are we going to be busy in the future, what's going to be our main occupation uh, main occupation, the Rambam writes Rambam writes, the main occupation of the whole world will just be the knowledge of Hashem, not, that's going to be the only occupation and therefore, all Jewish people will be studying, they'll all be great sages, and they'll all know the hidden matters, everybody will study Kabbalah, and everybody will be able to uh, understand the knowledge of their Creator to the extent that a person can extend. We'll all understand Hashem, we will try to figure out, and uh, the Pasuk says that the world will be filled with knowledge of God, just as the water covers the sea, everything is covered, knowledge of Hashem will be full in the world. So, if that's going to be the main uh, the main occupation of the people when Mashiach is coming, so, in such a situation, what kind of a importance is there for these physical uh, miracles, uh, which is going to be in the land? Uh, it's interesting, the Rambam writes, and it gives a hint, the Rebbe explains it, the Ramam says, uh, all the delicacies will be as common as the dust. So, in the literally, it seems like he's saying it's going to be plenty. Just as dust is plenty. But the Rebbe says, no, there's it's a deeper meaning to it's it. It's going to be worthless. It's going to be worthless. Mm. It's going to be like dust. Mm. It's going to be so common that it's not going to be important. So, so if it's not important, why? If it's not important, why do we... Why are we bragging about? Why are we talking about all the um, all these matters? And uh, because now we can appreciate it, right? Because it's not because that now common. it's important to us. Yeah, but it's not going to be that. Who's going to need it? Actually, what's, the Rebbe's point is going to be. But the Rebbe's point is going to be that listen, not everybody, especially today, and also even when Mashiach will come. Not everybody's going to go to the highest level immediately. Like we say, a person should always learn for the right reasons. Serve Hashem for no reward at all. Yeah. But sometimes the Rambam says people can't serve Hashem for no reward. And you know, you have to start to teach children, you have to teach 
people, you have to offer them a reward, you have to offer them payment, you have to offer candy, you know, you have to... Uh, Inducement. To, yeah, yeah, you have to induce them to, to do the event. Nice so, nice now, it's, it's very, it's very yeah. special, yeah. as the Rebbe says, it's very special to serve Hashem for lofty reasons, but, you know, if you say, Hashem, listen, I serve you and take care of me, my financial, my physical stuff, I will serve you. Some people will do, will, will answer that call if you tell them, no, there is no reward. Just do it for the spiritual reward. Not everybody's ready. So, but, so, but the Rebbe, the question the Rebbe asks, we understand there is some benefit to the physical matters because that's a means so that people should be able to be free to study Torah and the wisdom. And there should be nobody forcing them to work or to do, they don't have to do anything else because they have everything available. So, that much is necessary, necessary for you to have peace. But why did these sages give such long uh, commentary about the treats, the physicals that are going to be in the future? It seems like there is something advantageous, just the fact that the physical will be, uh, be there as well. So, well, that's a similar question. So now we're talking about the future. When Mashiach comes, we're talking about when, the, as the Rambam says, we're going to be just studying Torah. At that point, we don't have any need for that. But the same question the commentaries ask on our parsha, as mentioned earlier, about the reward for the mitzvahs that we say. If you follow my statutes and you keep them, you'll do them. The Shem says, I'll give you rain. I'll give you all the blessings. And the verse gives you a long... Uh, articulates uh, most of the physical matters that uh, is going to be, become to you if you follow the Torah. But isn't the main ultimate uh, reward uh, a spiritual reward, uh, which is a true reward? Actually, so some of Forshim explain that, um, that this parsha that we're saying over here isn't really the reward. The reward where we're going to get there is no, not talking about Olam Habo, uh, because actually it's not mentioned there. That's not the reward. This is not reward. This is Hashem is only talking about giving you all those things. I will, I will remove all the things that will prevent you from serving Hashem. It's not talking about reward. It's just talking about if you follow my rules and you do the mitzvahs, then Hashem says, I will take away all the things that may disrupt you from serving Hashem. But that's not, we're talking talk about reward. Because we don't actually want to talk about reward. Because reward is a much higher reward. That's a spiritual reward. And we don't want you to serve Hashem for reward. The Pasuk is not talking about reward. The Pasuk is only talking. That's how the Abarbanel explains it based on the Rambam. But there's other commentaries that say, no, this is actually the reward. And the Rebbe's point here is that uh, that we can understand it because why should we be cloud? So here we talk about the physical reward versus spiritual reward. Why is the Pasuk talking about all the spiritual reward when you can talk about physical uh, physical when you should be talking about spiritual reward? But the question, general question is why do we need reward altogether, right? Because, and the answer is because the service of serving Hashem without reward. Matter of fact, it says the two of the Talmidim, they heard the statement, and then they went off 
the tzedukim and the baisusim, those were people, sort of the reform that went away from the rabbis because they heard this Mishnah. The rabbi taught them tzedukim and baisusim. There were two students. And they heard that the, the rabbi said, do not be uh, servants that serve the rabbi, the, rabbi, the master to get reward, but serve the master to get reward. They said, have you ever heard of such a thing? You're working for somebody and you're laboring, and then at the end of the day, you're not, you're not going to claim, claim pay. So, you know, most people don't get it that, well, the pay is that you're able to serve Hashem, that you can get Hashem, the schar mitzvah mitzvah, that's, more than the pay, not, you don't need an outside pay, that's the pay itself. Just for the privilege to be able to serve Hashem, to be close to Hashem. But, as articulated in Hasidus and in other places, but uh, that's something for a person to serve the Hashem and say, uh, how are you going to get them to serve Hashem? So, could a reward the Rambam says, huh? Could a reward be that the person feels God is listening to them? Like a two-way relationship. Also, 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 yeah. But, 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 but some people mean it very literally. You know, I mean, I mean you tell them. You know, the Rambam says this. What the Rambam says. Right. The Rambam says like this: a person should always study Torah and do mitzvahs, even not for the good reason, not for the sake of heaven. And he says, therefore, when you teach people in the beginning, general people who are not yet learned, uh, you don't teach them. Uh, just to tell them that, first of all, if you don't do what Hashem wants, there is punishment. And if you do do, there is reward. You tell them there is punishment and reward. So you hope that you can convince them to do that. And, you know, eventually they'll come to the level of understanding. The rabbi speaks down in the Zichah from Azohar, where the rabbi offered, he said, whoever wants to get rich, come and join my yeshiva. And after uh, being there for a while, uh, the, the, the student said, uh, Rabbi, you promised me wealth and I'm not wealthy. So he says, okay. So he says, there was a man that came in there and uh, he was a wealthy guy. He wanted to learn. He says, your payment to go to this thing and he, and you should, you'll become uh, wealthy. And then he, he refused and said, no, I don't want the money. He, uh, he didn't want to take the student that originally because he realized because he saw later on in the dream that some of his reward for the learning has been taken away from him because of he's getting his reward over here, he's getting the monetary reward. So it's not that the rabbi lied to him or said to him the wrong thing. The, the thing is that you can exchange, you know, some reward. You know, he was hoping and at the end he did. Forget exactly the rabbi is a long the rabbi is a long explanation there, but so the point is that yeah, you know, you could get a uh, a big reward. Um, you know, physical, that's also there. The Torah provides that. But, uh, you know, in the beginning, that's when people start. Until, the Rambam says, when their mind becomes big. So, so therefore, we can say the Torah speaks by the majority. Uh, and most people uh, don't uh, observe is not for obey. So therefore, uh, but by using everything physical, we elevate everything in a physical way. Yeah. Therefore, okay, but so the Torah had to be talking about <coughs> the majority of the people, and majority of people do it for 
be inside you. It'll engrave you. Uh, and uh, besides the fact that they became one existence, but there is no, you don't see something separate. You don't, there's no letters and stone. It's a one, it's one stone. So basically which it means, you're learning Torah at such a high level that it's not like you and the Torah are two separate entities. You become one with the Torah that you're studying. And you become everything, your whole being is, is absorbed by the Torah that you're learning. So if this is what the Pasuk is talking about here in Bukhukhoisai, so we're talking about people at a high level. So therefore understood that uh, even that person who is at this level still were promising him this physical this physical life this physical benefits the Gashmi's so basically the Rebbe wants to bring out that there is an inherent advantage in Hashem giving us physical what we need not only because we need physical because we don't understand better. Sometimes we're asking for, you know, sometimes they say, they come to the king's palace, the king gives you an opportunity to walk into the to the king. And then some people get distracted. They look at the beautiful crowns, the display, the splendor. And what happens is, the, king, the door is only open till, till 5 p.m. It closes at 5. If you want to see the king, you got to come in at the time. But if you get distracted, you never make it to the king. Because you get, so, person who knows doesn't get distracted and goes straight to the king. Um, there is, however, something of the king in the, uh, in the physical matters. The physical matters, there's something unique about that Hashem's blessings come in a physical, in a physical way. First, let's give an example for a person's life. So first of all, we know the Torah is considered our life. We say the Torah, we say the Torah, in the, in the, in the, in the, uh, the uh, Torah is our life. What does it mean that Torah is our life? Not only does it mean that Torah brings life to the person, it gives you it allows you to live in this world, it allows you to live in the world to come, so it gives you life. But the Torah is the actual life of a Yid. What is the actual life of a Yid? The Torah is connected to Hashem. Hashem gives us life. But Hashem's pipeline of life, Hashem is connected to the Torah. And Hashem's pipeline of life that we get is through the Torah. Which means that our existence is by our Torah becomes part of who we are. By a person, you know, a person has different parts of the person. And then you have the essence of the person. Say, for example, you have, generally, you have the head. The head has all the great uh, powers. Uh, yeah. What did you say? Ideas. No, no, it has the eyes, it has the ears, it has the brains. It has a lot of them. That's the one part. Then you have the body, okay? The body has the heart in it. It has the, the, the hands in it.
doesn't express the special, right, you know, animal walks, you know, other walks, you know, emotions, intellect, uh, understanding, those are things that separate us from the other uh, animal. But, but this all applies, these differences, head, body, feet, only applies to the very individual detailed powers of the person. But our life force, the life force is beyond these individual parts. The life force that we're alive, that is equal in the whole body. There's no place, a person is alive, every part of you is alive. And the reason being is, because the life is your essence. Those are expressions of the soul you can see, you can hear. Alive, that is what you are, that's the essence of what you are. We see, like for example, the Gemara tells us there was a um, a certain uh, fellow who was hoping story in the Gemara on the Zuckin over there. But the Gemara tells us that he, he all of a sudden he found out he was taking off one shoe and all of a sudden he heard that the king, the Caesar, died and he was next to him. He was so happy that he couldn't take off this shoe and he couldn't put on the other shoe. He was like stuck. So he asked the rabbi, he says, what's going on? So he told him that there is a verse that says the good news fattens the bone. So even the bone becomes, he was so happy. So you see that the light comes from the essence of the soul. So that impacts even to the heel, even to the lowest parts of the body. And the Rebbe says, look, you can see, it's a very good example here. He brings an example. He says like this. How do we gauge if something is really the person himself, the essence of the person, is when it expresses itself not only in his elevated powers, but also into the lowest of the powers. Say, for example, something that brings you joy, right? So when do you know that you're really, really happy about something? There's various different levels of happiness. But a happiness that penetrates your whole being and you're truly happy is not only when it expresses itself in your thought and speech, but also in your act until you start dancing (laughs) with your feet. So when your happiness comes to your feet, then you know that that's really uh, made you happy. Or singing. Singing singing and dancing. And same thing as other, other emotions, say love, or fear, or pain, you know, when it expresses itself externally, then you know that it bursts through all the different powers. It comes to lowest of powers. So the fact, the fact that Torah is our life, so what is the revelation, the expression that the Torah is our life, is our essence, is when the Torah can impact not only on spiritual, on your soul, is when the Torah can impact your physical and all your physical matters that belong to you. If the Torah impacts them, if the reward for learning Torah lishma would that you would get only spiritual levels, that doesn't express completely that the Torah is whole, is all your being and that it penetrated you. Because you would say that the reward is just like a natural result from your occupation in Torah. It's not your essence. You study Torah on a spiritual level, 
you get a spiritual reward from it. But when you get physical benefits because of your spiritual work in Torah and Mitzvahs, your rain comes in time, the fruit of the trees give produce, then you can tell, you can recognize that it's not just the study and that the doing is addition to his existence. It's only a detail. Then your study impacts everything in your life. That's why it impacts everything, your physical and your spiritual. And therefore it brings you a benefit also in your physical matters of Olam Hazed. That means your Torah that you studied burst through, no limitations. That's who you are. It goes through everywhere. Because, as I mentioned earlier, the Torah is the sort of the channel, connects with Hashem, and Hashem creates everything. He gives the Torah, uh, and, 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 and the Torah, and it's all, all kinds of, 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 of things in the world come from Hashem. So the same thing happens with the Torah that it brings to the person everything that he needs. So it turns out now, according to this idea that the brings out of here, that in the physical reward, we actually see that the said that the Torah is penetrated, that it's through and through, that it became your, your essence. You see, when the Torah is able to impact even your physical, that means that it's not just your spiritual, it's not you learning Torah with your brains, but it means that it became your whole existence, and that's why it expresses itself in everything that you do. There's also a difference, um, you know, the way we have it now, um, and the way it will be in the future. Now, I mean, we learn Torah, we get reward, but like I said before, I mentioned earlier, it takes time. Uh, even though Hashem gives us reward, uh, it doesn't happen right away, because not only the earth was cursed, and it takes time for it, Hashem said that, but it also is, the world, the physical, is not yet a vehicle for the spirituality. So the blessing, Hashem and physical are still, there's like a, a gap over there. So when I do Torah mitzvahs, so even though it goes through the physical, it still can take some time. And like it says, you know, sometimes what happens is, you know, there's a famous uh, question discussing about, you know, that it says that on Rosh Hashanah and Yom Kippur, basically we are uh, for the year. Are given whatever, uh, whatever food, whatever, whatever has been determined for us for the year. So the question asks, why do we pray every day for Hashem to give us what we need? It's already been determined. So what are we going to do about it? Why we do? The answer is, it was determined on a spiritual way. Sometimes it takes a detour. <laughs> Sometimes your main spiritual it doesn't come down. You know, you know the check is in the mail, but until you get the check, till and then you find out that the check is covering. It's not about you know. It takes time till you get it to the physical way because the physical and the spiritual there's still a gap now because the physical is is on a low level. It's not on the real elevated level the way it's going to be when Mashiach comes. So therefore. Uh, even if the Ebershter gives you everything that you need, you can study Torah, you do a mitzvah, and you see that the Ebershter is good to you, and the Ebershter helps you, and does everything good, but it doesn't mean that it comes right away, it comes easy, you still got to work a little bit for it until you get, until you comes to it. But in the future, 
what will happen over there, there will be no interruption between the act and the growing of the, the physical, because the physical matters will be united with their source, with that Devar Hashem, and there'll be a spiritual, the physical will be connected with Hashem. Uh, and that can be also understood between, actually, the Luchas weren't just engraved. The Luchas were engraved across, from one side to the other. Across through both sides. It was a miracle, the Gemara says that the the um, the uh, letters that don't have any around them, they were like miraculous, some letter like the Samach. And the 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 the, 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 known, the Samach, the map over there, the, whatever the letters were there, the Gemara says, they act like because they, they don't have any uh, any piece of right. How, how do you have like a circle? Uh, they have a, like a samach, it's like a zero, right? So you have like a, the middle piece that gives the shape of a zero. Was stood, stood there miraculously, you know, wasn't attached like in one part of it. To the, no, it's malaysian. So um, there is sometimes you engrave. But the engravement is also a limited engravement. It's an engravement, and notwithstanding, so you, the fact that you darken a little bit the area that you're engraving is that but when you penetrate and you engrave through and through, then there is no, it, it, it is a, uh, a full full engraving. The Trevis says this is, uh, sometimes you have something which is engraved, but it's not, uh, completely penetrated. You know, it's not like added on. It's not like ink on a paper or a parchment, but it's a grip. But it doesn't go through your essence. It's not your whole being. It's not gone through. So, just like the person, if he hasn't really encompassed it, the Torah and the mitzvah to become his full essence, so the result is that it doesn't fully grow. Everything doesn't grow right away. It takes time. But with the times of Mashiach, with there, it'll be uh, an engraving that goes through and through. And that's why also physically we will see that that engraving, that the power of Torah, how it impacts uh, the physical, will happen immediately. And, uh, and then you will have that open level of the uh, level of the Chakiko and the engraving. But then we won't even want it or need it. <laughs> No, but, it won't mean anything. But, but, it means, but, but, but it means because it just proves. It, it, it means that the Torah, the benefits of Torah, have permeated, have permeated uh, the physical. The, in the very uh, simple, put it this into simple words, when another person sees, not you yourself, but when another person sees that you who studies Torah and does mitzvahs, you have all your physical needs. So he sees that Torah mitzvahs are not just a uh, a spiritual thing, it's also beneficial to you physically. It's also physical beneficial. So while for you it's not the benefit uh, that you need the physical, but that's the extent that the spiritual impacts the, the, the physical as well. That your life is impacted. When people see that people that study Torah do mitzvahs, that they're, um, 
they also have good lives. Look like in the, in my wife always says that they all have money. The Avram, Yitzhak, Yaakov, they have pretty wives. They all have, they all have, they seem like they had everything, uh, everything physical. They had whatever, you know, they, I mean, they struggled plenty, you know, Avram struggled plenty and, uh, and Yaakov ran plenty. And, but at the end of the day, they amassed, uh, they were well off. Uh, Avram, Yitzhak, Yaakov, all of them at the end of the day. So that's the fact that they had spirituality. The, the Rebbe Maharash, Rebbe Shmuel, and his birthday is actually in the month of the year. Base year is his birthday. So he's the third one? He's the fourth one. The fourth one. Almost. Close enough. The third or the fourth. Uh, so he, uh, Shmuel, no, Shmuel, but he was like a, a you know, wealthy, so to speak, and he conducted himself. Not so much that he was wealthy. Other Rebbe's may have been wealthy too, but they didn't conduct themselves in the way and one time somebody criticized you know the Rebbe you know, supposed to be more uh, reserved not the, and so he has it what do you think gold was created for for, for not, not this it's for the to use you know in other words you don't have to get caught up in the gold and everything else but it's just uh, the uh, penetrated from Hashem so whatever whatever it takes we have to know if we care literally about the physical, uh, we want the gashmis, let it be gashmis. Do what the Eberster says. If you do what I tell you to do, you follow the roadmap that I gave you, you do what I tell you to do, then everything will be good for you. And good for you physically, also spiritually. You don't have to want to do it. So as long as we follow the roadmap of Hashem, then we can be secured that we'll have a, everything that we need and have a good life because we should take to heart, I guess.